Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Gluten-Free Voice. I'm Jules Shepard and I'm welcoming everyone back today for episode two in our audio diary. This has been a really interesting journey to um, be a part of for me, and I think it's interesting for those of you who are listening to the show live or even by podcast to follow Jessica, who, as was introduced last week, whose daughter was just tested positive in the blood work for celiac disease. And I want to welcome Jessica back to the show today. Thank you for being available, Jessica. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's all you know, that I really want to think about. <laughs> and this probably you can't get it out of your mind. So I'm yeah. having been there myself. No, I, I, I know. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad we're, that we're able to provide a forum for you to talk about it. But it's I've, I've heard from you know people who have listened to the show last week. Um, you know, that it was really valuable for them to hear what you're going through, not just the steps that you're taking and the testing and all that, but just the emotional piece too, because I think there is so much isolation that happens when you first either find out personally or that a loved one um, is in your care is going to have to live gluten-free. It's a new concept. Maybe people have heard about it, you know, because they know someone who did it or something like that. But otherwise, it's just like, it's speaking another foreign language and getting enmeshed in, in that and thinking about it constantly as you are is what naturally happens. But if you're doing it on your own, maybe you don't know that the things that you're experiencing are normal and that the overwhelming you know, amount of, of information that's out there is is normal for for you to have to sift through and and you know sort of learn from your experiences, Jessica, to do the right things as they're walking through this initial stage of the journey to living gluten free. So last week we introduced this audio diary by talking about what your daughter was going through because she had just gotten test results back, the blood test for celiac disease that was positive. So update us, if you would, from last week to this week, what has happened in your family and also with your daughter, Abigail, since we spoke last week about the blood test. Yes, well, it, it uh, once again has been a very newsy week for us, <laughs> and um, sh- uh, I, we went for the endoscopy on Tuesday, and... Um, and that's the next step after having positive blood work. Your doctor will recommend the yes. endoscopy. Yes. And um, but actually, before she even got to doing that, we did ask her about her blood numbers and found that they were quite high. I guess at our lab, the the number kind of to watch it was ten, and her numbers were over one hundred. So, um, wow. You know, it was it was. Yes, very significant. I know she said it was high, but I didn't. I didn't know it would be ten times, mm-hmm. sort of. The, but then, you know, but she stuff. explained to you that she still wanted to do the endoscopy. Did she give yeah. you any reasons for that? If the numbers were so high, it looked pretty positive. But why did she yeah. want to continue? She just told us that that was just kind of the standard for 
care at this point still that that was just kind of what they did, even though mm-hmm. yeah, she, at the time when she had called me last, or, you know, two weeks, almost, I guess, a week and a half ago, to when we just saw her just this week, she really was pretty certain that with those numbers, you know, she could be, mm-hmm. but that was just kind of the standard. So we still had to undergo that, and... uh Abby did and what was involved was with that? Yeah, she's Abby's six. She, and I imagine that was probably a little scary for her and for you. She was. She was. Yeah. She was so. She was nervous, but um, you know they they were great with her. It was sort of a pediatric day, so there were other kids there um, undergoing probably the same thing or other related things. But so I think that did help her, and, and the nurses and doctors were great with her too, and kind of talked to her and gave her some information about what was going on. But um, you know, they put her to sleep, um, which initially she was holding her breath with the mask, Aww. but um, yeah. she eventually breathed and uh, and fell asleep very very peacefully. And um, and at that point, of course, I left the room. But um, the doctor came out very. It was probably only about twenty or twenty five minutes, mm-hmm. um, which. I think I flew through like five magazines, not reading any of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jessica, are you still there? I, oh, sorry. I think I cut out. No, sorry. No, that's okay. Um, no, that's quite all right. Yes, but so the doctor came back right, you know, right after, and just said that she did notice some of the scalloping in um, mm-hmm. the lower digestive tract, which would still be indicative, you know, that the biopsy would come back positive and actually right. it was that, and, a little and the, just to clarify it's the upper intestinal tract yeah. the the um yeah. where the endoscopy that that they go through the mouth to take the samples and to look at the upper intestinal tract which is where the damage of celiac would be found so she did see yeah. some damage of the villi and some scalloping um in the yes. folds there is that what you're saying just yes yeah. just in sort of yeah that that Right, not with the biopsy results, but just in kind mm-hmm. of her peak in there and um and the pictures that that she took so um and then it it was really we heard already um like it was just a little more than twenty four hours the results from the biopsy were back, and mm-hmm. which I was surprised by that, but she said very definitively the biopsies came back positive, so wow. and um she did also note um, a little bit um, more of the damage that the villi, am I saying that correctly? Mm-hmm, the villi. Um, mm-hmm. Villi was um, blunted, has been blunted mm-hmm. a little bit. So, Yeah, you know, and that's you know something we had discussed a little bit, that you know the villi are, um, they call them finger-like projections that line the upper intestinal tract, and it basically gives more surface area for the upper intestinal tract to absorb nutrients from the food. And that's where gluten, along with everything else, is absorbed initially in the first stages of the digestive process. So when your body has celiac disease, it is an autoimmune disease, so it attacks, your body attacks itself. And it's attacking the part of your body that has absorbed the gluten because it misperceives gluten as a toxin. So when your villi are blunted, as apparently Abigail's were, what that means is your body has attacked the villi that has absorbed the gluten from your food trying to destroy the gluten and, in the process, destroying the villi. The good news is, and I hope your doctor said this to you as well, that the villi will regenerate once you're not exposing your body to gluten anymore. So it's not like Abigail has damaged villi forever. She will regenerate those villi and she will heal. 
Thank goodness, yes. Yes, <laughs> very much so. You know, I wanted to share with you, um, Jessica, and all of those who are listening, I received a message this week from another mom going through something very similar that, to what you're going through, that her daughter had the blood test, and it was very high for celiac disease. And the doctor said, you need to have the endoscopy to confirm the diagnosis of celiac disease. But unfortunately, unlike you, we live in this wonderful town um, where mm. we have lots of uh, hospitals and physicians and, and um, testing facilities available. So you were able to get Abigail in for her endoscopy within a week, which is fantastic mm. because, of course, during that time you need to still be feeding your daughter mm. gluten. <laughs> and as we that talked about difficult. last week, that's mm-hmm. hard. It's really hard because mm. you know you're hurting your child by giving them gluten, but you have to do it in order for the test to be accurate. And mm. to have to do that for a week was terrible. But this mm. woman was telling me that the first day that she could get her daughter in for an endoscopy was October 10th, so oh, over dear. a month of still feeding your child gluten and seeing, you know, the damage the, that um, mm-hmm. is just happening from the symptoms and, and making your child mm-hmm. miserable. So she mm-hmm. reached out to me and said, what do you think I should do? You know, do you think I should... Mm-hmm wait and do the endoscopy and feed her gluten this entire time. Like this is a really Mm. horrible decision that I have to make. And of course, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not a decision that I can make for her either. I just gave her information about why the doctors would be Mm. looking to have the endoscopy done and for a firm confirmation of the Mm. diagnosis. And I recommended that she go back and talk to her doctor again about it because First of all, the doctor really might be able to get the the child in earlier for an endoscopy, um, given the situation. It depends on what part of the country you're in, obviously. But it's worth a try. And secondly, you know, put the doctor in the position to say, you know, do I continue to, um, you know, do harm to my child just to get this test result back? The other thing is, you know, although you need to continue to eat gluten, there might be, depending on how long it takes to get in for the endoscopy, you know, if the numbers were high like your daughter's were, it, it could be that the doctor would say, you know, I think the damage will still be there if, you know, the endoscopy is only, you know, certain p- time period away from right now if you didn't continue to feed your child gluten. So these are, these are some questions that you should ask the doctor and, um, you know, really explore because, you're the mom, and, you know, you've got to make the decisions that are right for your child and your family. And I'm so happy that it worked out for you that you could get her in within a week because, you know, that's, it was a hard week for you, as you yeah. said, like to continue to feed her gluten. Well, so the rest of your family, did you get the rest of your family tested? Three, yes. Everyone now has been tested. I have two other daughters, myself and my husband, and the results are back for the other, my other two daughters and myself, and we all tested negative. Mm-hmm. My husband will get his back tomorrow probably. Okay. And as we but. talked about, I think we mentioned it last week on the show too, the reason why you get the rest of the family tested, the immediate family at least, is that there's a 25% chance um, that another member of the, you know, immediate family would also have that. So, you know, the genes for celiac disease are present in 30 to 40% of the population. That does not mean that 30 to 40% of the population will get celiac disease, but it means that this is a genetic disease, and so it was passed on to your daughter from someone. It either came from you or from your husband or both, 
Um, you know, just because you have the gene doesn't mean you necessarily have celiac disease. You could get celiac disease. The gene, the gene could be expressed at any point in your life. My grandfather was diagnosed with celiac disease at age 81. So, you know, it's hard to tell how long he had lived without having that gene be expressed, but at some point later in life it did get turned on, so to speak. So the blood tests that you all have taken now show that at this point it's unlikely that you have active celiac disease. And there are a lot of false negatives, unfortunately, with that blood test. It's the best that we have right now. Um, It's a good first line of testing. But keep in mind that because you know celiac is in your family, you need to sort of stay on top of your other kids and yourselves um, to make sure that at some point, you know, you might not, you might need to have that test uh, repeated because it might be that later on the gene is expressed or you're having problems that could be indicative of celiac, you should be tested. Just because you tested negative now does not mean you will never have celiac disease. And that, I think, is a message that is not always clearly, um, you know, you know, expressed to the patients. A lot of people say, I tested negative, so I don't and I won't, and that's not necessarily the truth. So you need to understand that testing protocols there. But I think, you know, you and I have talked about it a little bit, and I think probably from reading my book, The First Year Celiac Disease and Living Gluten-Free Book, you had a better understanding than the average person probably about the testing. Well, after you all left, I guess after um, Abigail's test at the hospital, what kind of debriefing did you have with the doctor about next steps? Um, Well, at that point, everything, um, when we were leaving the hospital and, you know, checking out, um, everything, I guess, still seemed like a big question mark, not not with her, I mean, not with us, but with with the doctor, because she said, oh, I'll, you know, let you know, and and she kind of said to Abigail and actually some of the other children who were kind of all waking up is like, oh, what's everyone having for lunch? You can have anything you want. And I just was thinking like, <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. And I thought, well, I know what we're doing. We're going to, you know, a fast food place that, yes, we're going to get fast food because that will be a treat for her. But I already pre-know what is good and totally gluten-free. I guess I just kind of was ready to ready to get started right away. I think I think that did surprise her, but um but, yeah, almost like she yeah. had the last meal mentality or something. That's yeah, really odd. I mean, wow. I will admit we did do sort of a last hurrah. We went to the state fair over the weekend and I did mm-hmm. think, yes, I'm going to let her have that fried Oreo. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, cuz she may never, you know, have one again. So, but really there's no there's no point, you know, in that. So, I figured yeah, as long as I, we were done with this, we were we were ready to go. Yeah. And, and I tell you, Abby was so happy. She was so excited, and she and that was her choice. We did say, where would you like to go? And then you know we would have directed her appropriately, mm-hmm. but she chose that. And um, you know we've been talking to her about what what is good for her body and what's healthy for her body, and and so she was just as ready to go as we were. So yeah, I, that's it's just. So odd to me that a, a doctor would perpetuate that. I mean, like again, just as of what we've discussed. I mean, we know right. that gluten is, you know, right. effectively poisoning your daughter. And why would you, right. you know, give her any more than you had right. to? I mean, obviously, up until no. the endoscopy, you're you're giving her gluten I had so that to the test anyway. would be yeah. right. So the test would be right. as accurate as possible. But 
Right. Now that the test is over, for to have a doctor say, you know, last hurrah, you can go eat anywhere you want to is kind of um <laughs> But you know what? No. There there is a really yeah. big disconnect unfortunately in Western medicine in particular between many, if not most, physicians and, you know, the dietary piece. I remember when yeah. I was diagnosed with celiac disease, you know, eons ago my doctor said, you know, you have celiac disease, you can't eat gluten, go figure it out, you know, and that was right. the end. Like, the doctor was done, and there was no exploration, you know, at, at that point into how that was to be done. Um, and at that point, they didn't even recommend or facilitate um, a referral to a dietitian. But I know that they're doing that now and that that's very helpful to a lot of families. But that's... um you know, if there's not a prescription to be written, oftentimes there's just nothing that follows from the um, from the doctor at that point. But um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, now that you're dealing with a pediatric gastroenterologist who has diagnosed your daughter with celiac disease, if there is, you know, in this day and age now, uh, a lot more help um, there yeah. in terms of making your, your transition better. Are you scheduled to uh, meet with a dietitian? Yes, and and yeah, it when the um her doctor called, who is I mean she really is wonderful, and mm-hmm. she called right away yesterday as soon as I'm sure she got the info and called us, and of course it was all business like you know this yeah. is it start gluten free, so mm-hmm. I'm not trying to knock her in any way. But, no, um, I know but, it's just <laughs> but yeah, but she did. <laughs> I know I'm like oh she's wonderful, but but we did she did refer us. They have a dietitian in their office that she referred us to. Um, of course, I wanted to see her yesterday, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and get started. So, But I do have an appointment with her next week to um, kind of go through some of the things now. You know, again, I know a lot. I've done my own research. I have you. I have other, you know, resources mm-hmm. that I've done. So I do have like a, you know, a good start. But um, I'm very much looking forward to meeting with the nutritionist kind of since we're doing it as a family, I want to make sure everyone gets all of their needs met. Not not right. Abby, but everyone, you know. Right. So, and explain to, to everyone what you mean by doing this as a family. What kind of a choice have you made with how gluten-free is going to fit into your family's lifestyle? Well, we have decided our whole house is going to be gluten-free. I started over the weekend kind of um, cleaning up. The cleaning out the cabinets, cleaning out, um, obviously getting rid of gluten-containing products, but then also, you know, kind of filling the cupboards with good things that are good for Abigail and obviously will be good for everyone else, too. So. Mm-hmm. But we're doing and the whole, in our home, will be gluten-free. Okay. And what kind of a thought process did you go through to make that decision? What what factors did you weigh um, in doing that? Now that you know we'll be weighing here on your husband, but now that you know that the other members of your immediate household did not test positive for celiac disease, you know how do you how did you decide and come to that family conclusion that the whole house would be gluten free? Um, I think the first. The first thought, I guess, that I had and the the top of my head is I just never want Abby to feel like she's different, especially now since it's very likely she will be the only one in our family. Mm-hmm. I just don't want her to feel like, you know, everyone else is having whatever, takeout pizza, and she's eating her little, you know, 
gluten-free, whatever, that may not mm-hmm. taste as good or what, I don't know. You know, I just, I think that's like my primary concern is that she feels equal to everyone else in our house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is a little bit that I think, yes, initially it's going to be challenging, but I think overall it's going to be easier. Yeah. It's not going to be cheaper, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah. It will it will I think it will be easier because then I don't have to think like okay, did I did I cut regular bread on this cutting board and now this yeah. you know Yeah, I think no, I think it will just be easier. Valid. Everyone can have the everything. So Yeah. Yeah, and and it will probably wind up being less expensive for you to just make yeah. one meal for everyone even right. if it's gluten-free, then making a meal for everyone else and another meal for Abigail. Um, right. But, yeah, I think all of those considerations are valid. You know, the, yeah. the cross-contamination piece is um, yeah. it's such a concern because, you know, when you're dealing with celiac disease, you know, a crumb is enough to cause damage and to cause problems and to, you know, reignite those symptoms again. So having a dedicated gluten-free house and kitchen is going to make your life easier and you'll worry a lot less about her health. Yes. And, you know, and I can say, you know, I think just because I know your daughters, you know, it seems like they're all kind of interested, you know, in the idea of gluten-free. Um and kind of curious about it and to educate them along the way as well is a great opportunity mm-hmm. to educate about nutrition and yes. always reading labels before you put something in your mouth because, you know, there's a lot of junk out there, <laughs> whether whether yes. you have to eat gluten-free or not. If you take the time to read the ingredient labels and then if you take the time to um, educate your children as they grow about making good food choices, even if they don't have to live gluten-free, but choosing whole foods over processed foods and natural over you know, processed and, and um, artificial flavors and things like that. I think those are really wonderful food lessons for the whole family. Mm-hmm. I agree, definitely. And we are we are looking at it, you know, in that way, too. I think everyone's kind of excited about it, so... Well, and I know from talking to you briefly about this that, you know, you've talked to your extended family about what's going on as well. And have they been supportive? And what kinds of things have you, Absolutely. you know, needed to explain to them about how this is going to change, you know, holidays or, you know, things like that? Have you had those kinds of conversations? We have um, started now uh, so much, even up until yesterday afternoon when we got the official word from our doctor, everything was still sort of hypothetical, you know. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, you know, now that um, now that it's um, definitive, I think we'll be even moving forward. But our family has been so great um, with it. Not only are they interested in next time they have their meeting with their doctor, even though we have tested negative, they still plan to ask their doctor to test them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of the genetics. So, you know, I think that's, um, you know, great. But um, my brother in particular um, really just went beyond and above and beyond and got us this huge basket filled with all kinds of goodies, a brand-new toaster, Aww. <laughs> so sweet, and, um, that is so and then sweet. all kinds of goodies that ju- really that really appeal to Abigail. He found mac and cheese is her favorite, you know, and he found mm-hmm. some mac and cheese and and some fruit snacks and oatmeal. She loves oat, oatmeal. And I know that there's some debate about oatmeal, but um, 
um, you know, but it's like actually labeled gluten-free oatmeal, and she just mm-hmm. was so delighted to be able to have some of those things that that she's, you know, used to having. Um, and then right. there were some goodies like cookies and brownies mm-hmm. and not necessarily healthy foods, but, you know, things right. that, that'll get her through. So she took some yeah, things Yeah, and things to, to get her excited about the diet, too. Yeah. That's great. And, That's super and see sweet. That, right, see that it's it's not really a – I mean, it really, in, in a lot of ways, to her, she doesn't prepare her food. So mm-hmm. She won't even really know the difference. She just needs to know because when she's not with me, you know. But right. But yeah. So our family really has just sort of gone above and beyond. My mom was suggesting this weekend that we all get together and do some, make some things together, um, do some baking together, and things that you know are appropriate so she can have at her house for when the kids go there, and and also just you know things that we can make together. So. I, I think that's fantastic. I mean, I'm a huge advocate for you know, involving your kids in cooking and baking anyway, but some of the testimonials and, and letters and emails that I've received over the years, some of the ones that, you know, just melt my heart the most are the ones that where people talk about how their family life has changed since one member or more of their family has had to go gluten-free. And, you know, I remember I've gotten a couple pictures from people where they, you know, they're showing their kids all sitting down making, you know, holiday cookies together and things like that. And they mm-hmm. said, you know, it before we went gluten-free, we didn't do these things. We did not make homemade pizza together. We did not make cookies together. We did not do any of these things as a family together. We just bought pre-made stuff. And going gluten-free has forced us to, in some sometimes, to make our own stuff. And in other times, we now want to because it's really been added another layer of, you know, just activity that we can do as a family and has really brought us together in ways I never would have imagined. And that is just so heartwarming. And I think it's an added benefit, you know, just to, to being healthier, but also to, you know, finding some new ways to do that as a family it's pretty pretty neat. I mean, I don't know a lot of people who make homemade pizza anymore, but there, you can't beat homemade gluten-free pizza. It is so good. And mm-hmm. so my, my kids love making homemade pizza with me. And, of course, the cookies. We love to make the cookies. Yes. <laughs> no, it's, so I think that's a fantastic idea to get the family sort yeah. of excited about it and introducing those concepts together. Um in fun fun ways and fun activities like that. So um, mm-hmm. your mom's definitely on the right track, and I'm so happy for you that your family's been so supportive. You mentioned yeah. the toaster a minute ago, and I can't remember if in the last time, um, last show we did, we talked about how you have to replace things like toasters because you just can't get the crumbs out of a toaster no matter how many times you shake it um, upside down. There's always going to be more crumbs. So the toaster definitely needs to go. Um, and, you know, there's some other items in your kitchen like pots and pans should be for the most part fine unless they have, you know, if there's a nonstick finish and they've got a lot of scratches in them or grooves where, you know, gluten could be in there and you can't really get it out very well, Um, porous surfaces like a pizza stone, things like that where you're just never really going to be sure you got all the gluten out of it just better to give it to someone else or if it's really scratched up to get rid of it. So I'm glad that you're on the right track with that. Have you had time to go through very much stuff in your kitchen? Have you, um, you know, we talked about making lists of things that you need needed yeah. to find substitutes for. How far have you gotten in that process? I know there's been so much activity in your house the last week. I, but. Yes, and I do have a, quite a few different lists going. <laughs> Questions mm-hmm. about 
things in labels and questions about, you know, which products I want to get and what to get rid of and what to replace and um so yeah we've we've made a good a, I think I think a good start um on getting rid of those things and ironically enough my brother who was so generous to us was a beneficiary he got my well seasoned pizza stone and oh, and a, and a favorite cutting board you know so mm-hmm. um but but yeah so I think that is still a bit of a work in progress but um but we're well, it sounds like you're making progress in that, in that, and I wouldn't yeah. certainly wouldn't um, beat yourself up about you know doing it you know faster or anything. But you you've got to take it one day at a time. But it sounds like you're definitely making strides in the right direction. Yeah. One of the things that I always tell families to do is you know go through as you're cleaning out your cupboards and your freezer and things like that. Make a list of the favorite family meals or or lunches that you like to pack, breakfast, everything that you're already doing, things that your family already loves. Like you said, mac and cheese is one of Abigail's favorite things. Yeah. Make a list of those things. You know, if you have a rotation of dinners that you, you know, always, you know, every couple of weeks you have homemade pizza or you love to make lasagna or whatever it is, Make a list of those things because you will be able to find either a pre-made gluten-free substitute or you'll be able to make it yourself. So the idea being that you shouldn't really feel like you're deprived on this diet at all. Um, it may taste a little bit different depending on, on what it is that you're substituting, but it's still going to be you know, the same you know, meatloaf recipe or whatever it is that you're using, you're just going to substitute out the ingredients that would have had gluten in them. And it's important that you feel like you're still getting to eat the same things, getting to participate in the same um, activities, getting to share the same foods with your family. It's important to um, make sure that all of those you know, emotional needs are met um, when you're making the transition as well. So Go through your cabinets, go through your freezer, you know, get rid of anything that is questionable or, you know, give it to your brother. Um, If you have unopened food, you can give it to a homeless shelter. You can donate it at your church. You know, you can do things with the the products and the items that you're getting rid of that will make you feel really good about about the process as well. And I just went through a move, as did you, and I know how many things I threw away. Just as you go through stuff and you're like, I can't even believe I still have this in there. If you haven't gone through your cabinets recently, I guarantee there's stuff in there that's expired, you know, or, you know, eh, I didn't even remember that was there. I can get rid of that. So it's an opportunity to do some spring cleaning, too. We did well, meet some new neighbors because I was baking different. I was like, brownie mix, okay, I'll bake brownies and hand them out to the neighbors. So that was a good way to connect with the community as well. That's awesome. That's 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 a fantastic story. I'm I'm glad to hear that you've spread the gluten free love. Um, you can bring those over to my house anytime you want yes. to too. <laughs> um, well, I, you know, it's really it's nice to catch up with you, Jessica, to Thank to you. see where you've you've come so far in just a week. I mean, my goodness, it's been a whirlwind for you guys and your family. But I think your attitude is fantastic. You are eager, as it sounds like your whole family is eager to learn more and to do it right and to do it healthily and to do it you know, so that your whole family is happy and healthy through the process. And, you know, there may be some added benefits. A lot of people, when they go gluten-free, even if they 
are not celiac or even you know gluten sensitive, a lot of people just feel better. So it could be that you know this is going to be a really good thing for your family. Um, you know, oh, some yeah. mysterious symptoms might go away. You know, so mm-hmm. it's it's going to be an interesting process. And I really, really sincerely appreciate you sharing your journey. Um, I think it's going to inspire a lot of people and answer a lot of people's questions about how they make this journey. Not everyone has the medical system um, and the the urban shopping opportunities that we have in this area. And so to hear some of the favorite things that you have found, some tricks and tips and things like that that you've done to make the journey easier on your family, I think will be very helpful to others. So I really, really appreciate you sharing um, you know, with us and taking time to do um, this audio diary. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, well, we will catch up with you again and see how far you've come and, and anything that, any other wonderful little anecdotes along the way. But until then, take care and um, thank you. You know, <laughs> keep doing all the right things. It sounds like you're on the right track. So thank you so much. Thank all you. Right, so bye-bye. Much. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.